From the Wyoming Game and Fish Department, welcome to Get Outside with the Wyoming Game and Fish. It's a podcast where we discuss current issues and topics regarding Wyoming's wildlife so that hunters, anglers, and others who appreciate the outdoors can get more insight into what makes Wyoming's wildlife so special. I'm Ray Hageman. For over a year, the Wyoming Game and Fish Department has been experimenting with raising so-called cool and warm water fish species. The project began with walleye spawned from Buffalo Bill Reservoir near Cody. Those eggs were then brought to the Danspees Hatchery outside of Casper, where they were incubated and hatched, and the fish were raised to stocking size. This is an experiment to see if the department can consistently raise select cool warm water fish species. Recently, we had a chance to visit Spee's Hatchery and dropped in on Guy Campbell, the department's fish culture supervisor. I asked him to explain what Game and Fish is working on here. Starting last year, we, we made an attempt to try some cool and warm water species here at our Spee's Hatchery. Uh, we have some warm water. We also have uh, two isolation rooms. So we went ahead and, and brought in some walleye. Uh, we spawned some fish from Buffalo Bill Reservoir, brought the eggs in, incubated those in jars and then hatch those out and raise those fish in an intensive environment. What I mean by that is we put them in circular tanks inside a building and raise those fish all the way up until release. Typically with walleye, those fish are raised in earthen ponds, raised on natural forage. You harvest those fish and stock them. So we tried something that the folks in research have done at Iowa State University and Wisconsin-Stevens Point. We adopted some of their techniques and we tried it in production and uh, we were actually quite successful this past year. Besides walleye, we've also started feed training some bluegill here at Spees Hatchery and then also some uh, crappie, some black crappie and some white crappie and doing the same thing and just trying to find out can we raise these fish in captivity and what that could mean for the state of Wyoming down the road. So it's a fairly big undertaking, but one with a potential for a big return. I asked Guy what prompted the decision to try this. The reason we want to do cool and warm water species and, and try it at least here for the state of Wyoming is we have one, a, a big demand for cool and warm water species. Lots of fish user groups uh, with walleye, catfish, bluegill and crappie. But we want to make sure we have our own source that we can meet the demand of the public. And, and another reason is we have big concerns when it comes to aquatic invasive species. Uh, we, we spend a lot of time, a lot of money, making sure that we're not bringing an aquatic invasive species into our state. So when we make trades for our cool and warm water uh, species out of state because we don't have a cool and warm water facility in our state, we're really selective on what we trade to bring in. We don't want to have any risk involved bringing those in. However, when we do bring in those species, you know, as, as much disease testing as we've done, there can be, you know, some risk that what was in that water, what was in the vegetation. So what we do is we bring in our cool and warm water, our fish, and we run them across boards. We make sure that the fish are clean, but we also wonder and, and worry that we could be bringing something in. So with a cool and warm water hatchery, we can have it all controlled inside a building. We, we know our water source and we can, be a, we can be certain that we're stocking the fish without AIS. Also, when we have our cool and warm water fish that we're, that we're producing on our own, we can meet the timing that's the best for each water. Right now, 
Uh, we have a state like the state of North Dakota calls us up and says, hey, your walleye are ready, come get them. And, and we have to drop what we're doing to go get those fish. But the timing may not be exactly right on a certain water. So by being able to do these ourselves, we can adjust the timing through water temperature manipulation, and we can stock those fish when they're be the most productive in those waters. Also, uh, we may find out that a certain size fish will do better. And by us having control of our own cool and warm water program, uh, we can make sure those fish meet those size requirements that are gonna be more successful in those waters. So I'm betting that a lot of folks didn't know that the state of Wyoming trades fish from our state to other states for some of theirs. Who's our trading partners? So for walleye, we trade with the state of North Dakota. And what we typically give them back is, uh, we'll give them some of our brood coals. They'll come up and pick those up. And then we'll also give them some trout eggs. It may be one year they want some rainbow trout eggs. The next year, maybe some brown trout eggs. Those are two of the main things. Sometimes they'll come up and get some fingerlings from us. And because we're raising so many trout, we're more efficient at that, that it's, it's low cost and we can make an easy trade for the state of North Dakota that doesn't raise the trout. They raise more of the cool and warm water species, so that helps us. Um, when it comes to our other state trades, you know, we make all our cool and warm water trades across the country. So with the state of Arkansas, we get channel catfish, we get black crappie, we get white crappie, and what we trade for them is we'll have them, we'll send over some catchable rainbow trout, we'll send them some tiger trout eggs, Another big trade partner we have is with the state of Oklahoma. With the state of Oklahoma, we bring in green sunfish, we bring in bluegill, and what we do in trade with them is we'll bring them brown trout catchables. Another trade partner, state of Colorado. State of Colorado occasionally will bring in some largemouth bass fry. We've also gotten sauger in the past from them. And what we give the state of Colorado in return is lots of eggs. You know, it could be brown trout, brook trout, even some of our cutthroat trout eggs. State of Nebraska, right now we bring in, from their state, tiger muskie is one of the big ones. We bring in pure muskie. And the same thing, we typically will give them trout eggs that they'll raise at their facilities. The state of Arkansas, another one that we do is uh, channel catfish. So raising cool, warm water fish when the hatchery isn't really equipped to do that. What sort of special considerations come up in the course of that? When it comes to cool and warm water species, they've primarily been done in earthen pond environments. So, you know, we're going in uncharted territory to try to do wide-scale production inside our buildings. So what we've relied on is a lot of the research done at Iowa State, uh, Wisconsin-Stevens Point, and some of the folks that have done a lot of that work. We picked their brains and, you know, asked them all sorts of questions. We're also walking into this, tiptoeing our toes into the water. Rather than go full scale right off the bat, you know, we're gonna do a couple years of trials to make sure we have everything dialed in before we make the big plunge and go after and, and seek funding for a, a cool and warm water facility. We wanna make sure we're dialed in. The good thing is our folks here at our Spees Hatchery are, are gaining uh, a lot of experience working with these fish during this process last year, and we plan to do it again this year. And then uh, in, in future years, these guys are gonna be the experts on, on what we need to do. So we're carefully documenting all our procedures and protocols so that way we can replicate the success that we had this last year. Because this last year, we brought in walleye for the first time from eggs and we uh, end up stocking those at close to 75%. And, and that was, it was truly amazing because in research, that was about the best we've seen. 
So if we're able to produce that year after year in a hatchery setting, uh, we definitely have been successful. What sort of goals are being set now that this experiment is headed into its second year? You know, the, the, when it comes down to it goals-wise is we're just seeing can we raise walleye in captivity and to what size? We have plenty of uh, tanks, small tanks, to kind of figure out how many fish we can put in tanks and then how many in the future would it take to do our current goals? So currently, our state, we stock a little over 1 million, about 1.1 million walleye annually. And what we're trying to see is, okay, if, if we were to do that production in the future and we were gonna do it ourselves, you know, how many tanks would that take? We're gonna do different loadings, numbers of fish in certain tanks to find out how many we can raise. And then, then we'll know what that blueprint down the road of a facility might be so that way we can accomplish those goals. We'll take a quick break on Get Outside. And when we return, we'll talk with the man overseeing this experiment, Spies Hatchery Superintendent Lars Alsager. Stay with us. The Wyoming Game and Fish Department is pleased to provide a program that recognizes the catch of trophy-sized fish from Wyoming's phenomenal waters. The Master Angler, Trophy Angler, and Ultimate Angler program. Three levels of achievement. Here's the rules. It's open to all Wyoming anglers, resident and non-resident. The fish must be caught with legal methods and during open seasons in Wyoming. Anglers are limited to one master angler entry per species per calendar year. Submissions for trophy angler and ultimate angler have no time limitations. Each entry must be accompanied by one side view photograph, preferably with either the angler or other object, a ruler, you know, that can be used to validate the length of the fish. Qualifying fish must meet or exceed the minimum length established for that species. Now, some species, you're going to be able to reach the minimum length requirements. The length, though, is defined as the total length of the fish, nearest to a half inch, from the snout to the tip of the pinched tail. If you have any questions about the Wyoming Game and Fish Department's Master Angler, Trophy Angler, and Ultimate Angler programs, be sure to call your local Game and Fish office. Then get outside and get after some fish. Welcome back. We're talking about an ongoing experiment the Wyoming Game and Fish Department has been conducting for a little over a year now. It's where the department is raising cool, warm water fish species at the Danspies Fish Hatchery outside of Casper, Wyoming. Last year it was walleye. Well, the experiment now has shifted to raising other cool, warm water species like bluegill, white and black crappie, and green sunfish. Spies Hatchery Superintendent Lars Alsager is with us now. Earlier we heard from Fish Culture Supervisor Guy Campbell who told us the walleye that Wyoming trades for with other states are typically raised in earthen ponds. Go online and check out the Garrison Dam National Fish Hatchery in North Dakota for an idea of what those look like. Well, since Game and Fish is raising these fish indoors, I asked Lars, what does that take? Well, when it comes down to it, uh, raising walleye here at Spees takes a lot of specialized equipment. It takes a, a lot of things to all fall in place for everything to kind of come together and to have a successful crop. When it comes down to it, it starts with a, a real secure isolation facility that's been specially designed for rearing those walleye. Uh, when it comes down to it, uh, the water sources that we have, cool, 
chilled water, warm water. Uh, we have all three here at the facility. We use that water to manipulate egg timing and a number of different things when it comes to that walleye. And so when they first get shipped to us, they're basically shipped to us as a green egg, typically from a wild spawn situation. Those eggs come in, they immediately get put on 50 degree water in which we're using our chilled water and our spring water to maximize that, to find that perfect temperature for those fish to be incubated on and those eggs to be incubated on. From that point forward, they're basically going to be in that incubation anywhere from seven to about 14 days is what it takes for those fish to hatch and start swimming up as fry and out into our catch tanks. Once they're in our catch tanks, our goal is to try to have those fish ponded as day-old fry. So every 24 hours or so, we're observing how many fry have hatched. Um, if there's not enough to meet that need, total numbers that we need for a ponding event, then those fish will be discarded and then we'll wait the next 24 hours. So it really comes down to having enough fish hatch out of their eggs in a 24-hour period to suffice a ponding event. Once we have enough fry hatched out, we'll collect them using a fry counter. We'll enumerate them. That way we can load fish into each one of our, our tanks to a known number. And then from that point on, we're using all kinds of special equipment all the way from the screens up to the siphons, special nets, those types of things to keep those fish healthy. And they're fed specialized fish feeds, everything they need on a daily basis to make them successful through our, through our cool warm water isolation facility. What's the main difference between raising cold water species and cool warm water fish species? Um, I would say the biggest difference is probably all the specialized equipment that you need and the special environment you need to provide. Uh, for example, with the walleye, they have, they're photopositive, so you have to have your lighting at a certain amount of intensity. You have to have turbid water to keep the light reflection um, down so they don't ball up in one area and inhibits their ability to feed. So the specialized equipment, um, one thing we've, we've come to become normal with the cool warm water stuff is the size at which we're dealing with them when they, when they come out. You know, a cold water fish may be, you know, three quarters of an inch long, whereas a, a cool warm water species, you're dealing with a fish that's starting out at maybe an eighth of an inch long to a quarter of an inch long. And so the size in which we're dealing, we start them on smaller feeds, more specialized feeds, and really just a much more controlled, specialized environment for them to live in and, and rear in. So these fish are more sensitive. I don't know if sensitive is necessarily the right word. I think they're just a little bit more particular. Um, walleye, for instance, are photo positive for the first 21 days of their life, and then all of a sudden they'll switch to becoming photo negative. Um, largemouth bass, they don't have any real light um, sensitivity or anything like that, so they, they rear a little bit more like a cold water fish would. I think the main thing is, is that because they start so small, everything has to be on a smaller scale when it comes to screen sizes. A smaller fish is gonna be much more temperature intolerant, so they need more of their temperatures to be within their ranges for them to have success. And everything happens so much faster with a cool warm water species, at least what we've experienced, because they don't have a, a large yolk sac where they get a lot of their nutrients for a long period of time. They've basically burned through all of their nutrients that is provided by their yolk sac within two or three days of them being hatched out. So 
They have to have food available from a very young age. We typically start feeding them at three days post-hatch. We pond them one day post-hatch. So 48 hours after they're ponded, we're already allowing them to get access to feed and, and continue to grow. So how lengthy is the process from beginning to stocking? Here again is Guy Campbell. We'll plan to spawn the walleye in uh, second to third week of April. And then we'll bring in those eggs. Those eggs will be brought in uh, directly to our facility. We'll put those in in jars, uh, allow those, they hatch out real fast. Once they hatch out, they come up to swim, uh, swim up stage. And then we put those, those fish are inventoried and put into, into uh, different circular tanks. And then we get going on raising those fish. And uh, the folks here at the hatchery have done a tremendous job of setting up the tanks the right way. The tanks are dark colored inside. Uh, they use uh, uh, spray bars uh, for tension, uh, surface tension on top of the water. They use, um, put, uh, have mud that gets uh, injected into the system. So that way the walleye are eating, in, uh, when they eat their feed, uh, they're not trying to pick at each other. Uh, they got 24-hour feed schedules. You know, that's, that's the process. Start about mid-April, and then when we're stocking the fish, it, we're, we're stocking those uh, third week of June, uh, around that time frame. And, and it, could, it could change depending on how fast or how slow we're trying to raise a group of fish. And the waters that we'll be stocking them in, has that been prearranged? You know, right now, we'll stock these fish in the typical walleye waters that we have in the state, and that could change them. I know we can, we've stocked some in Ocean Lake and then also some of the waters uh, just above Cheyenne, and, and it'll just depend on uh, this year uh, how we're looking on numbers and what's decided. Reducing aquatic invasive species, you've heard that mentioned here, as one of the benefits of successfully raising these fish in-house. The Game and Fish Department has a rigorous disease testing program in their hatcheries to ensure that diseased fish are never stocked in the wild. Absolutely. Um, any fish that we stock out as a department still has to clear the same clearances. You know, they have to go through a 28-day um, pathology clearance test. Um, that test makes sure that everything is clear with those fish for a 28-day period, that they're not growing any virus or anything else that we may not know. So it's a long process, but once they clear um, that 28-day um, clearance, then we're able to stock them out of the facility if it's the time for them to get stocked out of the facility. Another benefit to raising these fish in-state is the timing of when these fish would be stocked. You heard Guy talk about that earlier, to maximize the fish's survival. When it comes to timing right now, and I'll use walleye for that example, we go up to the state of North Dakota go over there, spend the night, load those fish up first thing in the morning, drive those fish all the way back from North Dakota to the state of Wyoming. Once we get in the state, then we run these fish uh, across boards, make sure that we got all the AIS and there's nothing in there we don't want. And then we stock these fish at whatever time of day that is. That could be mid-afternoon, that could be later on, even towards the evening. Now, if we have our own program, with walleye, we can set that timing so much better. And what I mean by that is we can load those fish up in the afternoon, late afternoon here at the hatchery, put them in the truck. We know how long it takes to get there to that water. And then we can stock those fish right, um, right in the water, right when it's uh, getting dark. So that way it improves the survival of those fish. So that's one thing that we'll improve on is that'll help on eliminating so much predation on those fish right when we stock by being able to control those environments. 
and it also removes the process of checking the fish that are brought in for aquatic invasive species. That's a stress environment for those fish. So, you know, we take those fish and they've already been hauled for several hours, which is stressful for those fish. But then on top of that, you know, we handle those fish to make sure everything's good inside the, in the tank. But when we do that, we are decreasing the survival of those fish we're stocking because we increase the stress level. This will eliminate that step of we can take those fish directly into the truck and stock them and reduce one stress level, which again, we will see much better um, survival uh, down the road just because you know, we don't have that delayed mortality that we don't know exactly how much that could be. This experiment now has been underway for about a year. I asked Lars how he would assess where things are at this point. You know, we, Guy and I had that conversation on what our expectations were for this trial, and, and really we didn't have any expectations for the trial. And when we went into it, we just wanted to be able to follow the recipe that we've been provided utilizing our peers from, from other states. And when it came down to it, uh, we had unbelievable success. Uh, you know, we saw survival rates over 75% all the way through the entire trial, and that matches or is better than what, we're, what they're seeing even in a real lab setting. And so we've had really good success with the walleye program. Um, we've brought in some uh, black crappie, green sunfish, um, bluegill, just to see if we can get them converted over to an artificial diet of feed, and they've done exceptionally well. So when it comes down to the success of the trial, we'll know more after this year, but after the first year, we had unbelievable success with a really high survival rate, as, as good as can be expected, if not even better. And so then what would success end up looking like? You know, I think success in the future is gonna look on our lack of reliance on other states for us to fulfill our cool warm water needs. We've got a lot of cool warm water needs that we do a lot of trades with other states for currently. And success for the department is gonna end up being our lack of reliance on those trades. And what that's gonna do is that's gonna allow us to have a cool warm water facility here in the state. And we're gonna have a lot more control over timing. And we're gonna have a, a lot of control over the numbers and and really a consistent source for those those different species of fish year in and year out, especially using the intensive fish culture like we are. And the ultimate benefit to all of this will be to anglers who love catching these fish. A final word from Guy Campbell. This cool and warm water program benefits the angler in Wyoming just because, you know, we have folks out there that are trout fishermen. We have folks out there that are walleye fishermen. We have folks that are doing that are catfish fishermen or other pan fish. And, you know, and it's important that, you know, that we provide opportunity for all these fish user groups. Instead of just focusing on one group, you know, we're trying to uh, you know, ha have a good successful resource for all those user groups. And you know, we have folks that live in Wyoming from all over the country that may be used to fishing for certain groups of fish. And I think that's important to be able to provide that opportunity. Thanks to our guests today, Fish Culture Supervisor Guy Campbell with the Wyoming Game and Fish Department and Lars Alsager, Game and Fish Spees Hatchery Superintendent. Get Outside with the Wyoming Game and Fish is a production of the Wyoming Game and Fish Department produced in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Music for this program was produced by Dan Lebovitz and Craig MacArthur. Be sure to join us again soon for another episode. Thanks for listening.